Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Should we do just one more with Lynn today? I say yes. And in the last two episodes, you guys know we talked about how his musicals have completely changed Broadway forever, which kind of begs the question, how does he follow that up? Hmm. Writing a one-man show about the inspiring and handsome host of a wildly popular podcast chronicling the lives of the biggest Latin stars in the world? Well, I'm sure that's next on his to-do list. But for today, why don't we follow Lynn from the Great White Way to Hollywood? Hey, he can write my story for the screen, too, you know. I look great both ways. Hold on. Where am I in all of this? Hey, it's called show business, Lils, not show friends. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you just <laughs> weaponize Jerry Maguire against me? <sighs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Okay, well, while you're planning for my demise, let's give the listeners what they came here for. On today's episode, from Moana to Tick, Tick, Boom, Lin-Manuel takes on Tinseltown. I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And given the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With buenas vibras. Algunas risas. Some chisme. And a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. Lin-Manuel Miranda grew up enamored by musicals. He references Stephen Sondheim in literally everything. But there's another Stephen that captured his creative little heart. And that would be Steven Spielberg, someone he's long admired and look up to. He basically wanted to be Spielberg. Hey, there can be only one Spielberg. Exactly, which meant that Lynn had to craft his own path by doing what he does best to make a name for himself. 
which at this point in his career wasn't too daunting of an ask. He is Lin-Manuel. Yes, and Lin's career still had a long way to go, but his next project would lead him to one of his biggest dreams, making his own movie. Let's set the stage. It's 2013 and Hamilton isn't on Broadway yet. Yes, Lynn is out there presenting the Hamilton mixtape, making the rounds off Broadway. People saw the show and thought, wait, this kid's got something. He definitely had that X factor. And Disney called him in for an interview for what would ultimately become Moana. Um, Lynn has to interview? Well, in 2013, he did. <sighs> Tough crowd. In an article from the New York Times, Miranda said this. I interviewed in the winter of 2013 and got the job in the spring, seven and a half months before Hamilton opened at the public. I'd sent them a six-song demo, stuff that emphasized going between languages. I knew a component would be working with Samoan and being able to thread that needle gracefully. And clearly, the rest was history. Literally. Disney hired Lin-Manuel in 2014, just one year before Hamilton premiered on Broadway. How did he even have time? I'm stressed for him. Well, so was Disney. You know, you would think that they were so excited about being able to attach the creator of Hamilton to Moana, but Disney saw Hamilton as a distraction for Lynn. Wait, have you seen Moana? Never, not even one frame. What about Santi? Nope, we don't really do screens yet. And I just haven't seen Moana. I know I'm like the only person on earth. Wow. I'm just being honest, you guys. I haven't seen it. Should I? Uh, you have homework, seriously. <laughs> but for those that haven't seen it, Lil, Moana takes place in ancient Polynesia, a terrible curse unleashed by the demigod Maui, voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, reaches Moana's island. There's a lot of fun music, cute animations, and a quirky little chicken that probably has a lot of issues. Um, thanks, Joseph. I mean, I feel like that definitely makes me want to see it. Feels <laughs> right up my two-year-old's alley. Anyway, Lynn and his riding partners worked on Moana for two years. It finally opened in 2016, and it was a smash hit. Mm-hmm. And that You're Welcome song was everywhere. Apparently torturing parents everywhere along the way as well. See, this is why I don't let my child watch movies or mm -hmm. Disney movies, because I know that if I let him watch a show that has music that I don't like, guess what we're going to be singing in the car, in the day, bathtub, in the mm -hmm. kitchen. Like it is going to be Moana in my house. Like we are going to be living in Moana. So don't let him listen to this because both of you guys are going to love the music. I know. And the standout song from the movie is something called How Far I'll Go. Oh, and so good. That. Okay, 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 Moana. Are you Moana? Are you <laughs> Moana? Moana, bitch. Get it right. <laughs> well, all I know is that How Far I'll Go earned Lynn his very first Oscar nomination. Here comes the EGOT. Not quite yet, but soon, Buffy, soon. Disney had a taste of Miranda, and they, like us, couldn't get enough. So, no more interviewing for Lynn. Nope. Soon, Lynn was in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, a reboot of DuckTales. I loved that show. And I want to swim through money like Scrooge McDuck. I just want the money. I don't want to swim in it. I just <laughs> want it in my bank account. But then Lynn got the call for Mary Poppins Returns. That's right. Mm -hmm. And he played Jack the Lamplighter. And audiences thought he was perfect for the part. 
Okay, well, correction. Not all audiences. Mm. Personally, me, myself, and I, (laughs) I don't know. I kind of found the way he played Jack like a little too campy. And that like really Mm -hmm. bad Cockney accent was just such a distraction for me. It was like a no-go, especially because he's playing opposite Emily Blunt and she's actually British. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I I feel it was really a miscast. And I mean that I feel he was very distracting for me in it. You know, being next to Emily Blunt and her real accent. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. And guess what? We are honest on this show and we do not love (laughs) all of the projects, all of the albums, all of the songs. We don't have to. But that being said, this role was huge for Lynn. And it was the first role after leaving Hamilton. So it made a massive impact on his career. And I feel like it made him a household name. It did. But I'm going to say this. I, Lynn... Don't be upset with me, my boo. I was kind of getting tired of seeing him. (gasps) Why? I feel like he was like everywhere. Okay, no, no. First of all, you're saying like he was overexposed. I know what you're saying. And yes, there are times in an artist's career where you feel like I'm listening to them in my headphones. I'm watching them on my screen. I feel like they all write a book. They're doing the morning press tour. And like, that is part of the job of being a celebrity. Mm -hmm. It's part of the job of being an icon. You have to be in people's faces all the time for them to know who you are. But I think that the Hamill fans just made him bigger than what the whole world was ready for. And it was like, you couldn't escape it. Like, what if you didn't love Hamilton? And I don't want to know people that don't like Hamilton because like we can't be friends. Like there are certain films and certain musicals that like if you're not a fan of, we can't be friends. La La Land is one of them as a film and Hamilton is one of them when it comes to musicals. But he was everywhere. And Disney noticed this. I mean, wouldn't you say that Disney was like enamorado con Lynn? Oh my God. They were like stage five clingers obsessed with him. How many stages are there out of 10? We could be here all day. (laughs) Disney was all about Lynn. Disney actually turned Disney Plus into like the Lin-Manuel channel between Moana and Hamilton. So Lynn knew he could make the big ask. And the ask was for an animated film rooted in Latino culture. And naturally, they said yes. Or I should say, finally, someone said yes. Because they said, see, they said, (laughs) see. Hola, que tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So here's what happened. The creators of Zootopia were already at Disney working on a musical. So naturally, they put them in touch with Lynn. And before anyone could say anything, they had themselves a musical set in a Colombian town where everyone has magical powers, except one member of the family. <gasps> Is that Bruno? We do not talk about him. Well, maybe we do. Keep listening to Becoming an Icon and find out. Anyway, Encanto follows La Familia Madrigal. And oh boy, do they have issues. Ugh, so it's an accurate representation of Latino culture. Good job, Lencito. Encanto and the soundtrack were a huge success. But the standout, and I think on this one we can all agree, was we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. It became the number one song on the Billboard charts. Like, that is crazy. This man can deliver when it comes to lyrics and music. So much so that Miranda earned another Academy Award nomination for Dos Oruguitas for Best Original Song. You know what's crazy about that Caterpillar song? <laughs> that it's going to be the remix song to Bad Bunny and I while I dance at our wedding? Okay, you're going to have to fight Kendall for him, but I am so here for that, and I fully will take you in a fight over Kendall any day. But what I was saying was that Dos Oruguitas was the first song Lynn had ever written entirely in Espanol. Wow. And when asked about it, he said... It was important to me that I write it in Spanish rather than write it in English and translate it because you can always feel the translation. Lynn, I feel that statement so mm -hmm. deeply. Wow. Joseph, how many times have we had to translate lyrics on this podcast? It's not, it's just not it. It's just, you need, I'm so, you know what? That makes me like him even more because it has to be these words because you have to feel it in Spanish. You do. And it's like when we translate Bad Bunny, especially when there's like deep meaning behind the lyrics and like a masterful poetry that's happening there. Like mm. we're failing you guys by translating. <laughs> the it's true. It's true. Whether you heard it in Spanish or translated it to English, it didn't matter because critics adored the song, saying it was the best one from the entire Encanto soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And here comes the Pigot. Well, no, he didn't win for this one either. Damn, what a bitch got to do to get a Pigot? Well, a lot. You need a <laughs> Peabody, an okay. Emmy. Wait, I'm not done. A Grammy, an Oscar and a Tony. And for the record, do you know that there are only three other he gots 
in the world, in the history of the world. Okay, no, I actually need to know who they are. Yeah, yeah, because Lynn is going to be one. I'm serious. So he's going to be number four, but who are they? Okay, Barbra Streisand. Ugh, Avi. Mike Nichols. Rita Moreno. Uh, of course. But listen, I feel like they got those. I don't know Mike Nichols, but Barbara and Rita got those back in the day. So are we just a little too hard now? I think that the landscape has changed a lot. And mm. at the end of the day, there are three on the planet in the history of mankind. This is not easy to get, but if anybody is positioned to get it in our time of our generation, and I'm going to say our generation because Lynn's my age, he's 43. It's Lynn Manuel Miranda. But let's go back mm-hmm. to Encanto. What do we think of her? Oh my God, stop. It is one of my favorite movies. So my favorite Disney movie growing up was Mulan because I never really identified to any of the other princesses. And now having Encanto, it is literally my favorite movie Disney has ever made. Until <gasps> I mean, I'm sure they're going to make new ones, but... There, I, I love that movie so much. I cannot. There's not one part in the movie that I don't like. I don't. Just, that I fast forward. Like, like you watch it, it start to finish. Yeah. You know, like we're pretty strict with screen time. We don't really do it in our house. You know, my son, he's not even two years old yet. And I am waiting until his second birthday. And the way I want to celebrate it, like our mommy and Santi birthday day is going to be by watching Encanto together for that same reason that you just said. Like I get goosebumps thinking about it because same, like my favorite Disney movie of all time is The Little Mermaid. And when I was a little girl, I would watch it on repeat with my cousins. And I literally begged for like a red wig because I just wanted to look like one of the princesses. And I loved Snow White and I loved Cinderella, but there was something about Ariel that I think I just like identified with, like her desire for something different to get out of the world that she was surrounded by. And again, I was like little watching this and I already felt it, which is so crazy because it's like, We don't think little kids are capable of like really big emotions, but we Mm -hmm. are because at that age, I was in my cousin's house in Miami watching it. I was like, wait, I want out of this world. Like I want to see bigger and better. (laughs) And like, hello, I just wanted something else. And I feel like movies can do that. They're like, they transport you to something else. And and Ganto, like what it did for an, an entire demographic of children like seeing curly hair on the screen different types of curly hair on the screen singing different like seeing different skin tones like say what you will about Lin-Manuel you might not be a huge fan of him you maybe didn't see Hamilton you haven't heard Hamilton like he changed the world with Encanto for children everywhere and to me he is like he is a real life angel and a saint I'm gonna say this about Encanto Finally, there's a movie that I feel like I can relate to our family issues that we all try to pretend like we're perfect. Like you go to everyone's house and they're all perfect and everything's all clean. Everything's like this and everything. Everyone's in a good mood and your tia and all of that. And and you can just really see all of the real raw emotions that these people are trying to hide. And I felt like I was watching my family on, on the screen. It exposes all of the generational trauma that we've been hiding yes, for that, generations that and generations. And we as parents now or as adults that are in other relationships, whether they're romantic relations, platonic relationships, we are breaking the generational trauma curses because we get to watch this and go, holy shit, we can't let this happen anymore. And Canto's like a really powerful film. Like I could talk, yes. we could do an entire episode. A whole episode of Encanto, bitch. I'm ready for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, that'll be our next <laughs> podcast. But for now, let's go back to Lynn, right? Because he is the mastermind behind all of this. Even though he didn't win the Oscar, it's okay, y'all. He is doing just fine without mm -hmm. it. And seeing as he's only 43 years young, like me, he has got <laughs> plenty of time and it is bound to come very, very soon. Honestly, probably coming sooner than you think. Oh, excuse me. Do you know something? Do you have a line to Lynn? Don't hold out <laughs> on us, dish. Well, I know that there's an animated film about a young girl who lives under the sea and that Lynn wrote new songs for the live action adaptation. If that doesn't sound like Oscar bait to you, well then... <gasps> the Little Mermaid! Mm -hmm. Hashtag My Little Mermaid. Hallie, you are forever Ariel. Lynn started working on the film in 2016. And in addition to classics like Part of Your World and Kiss the Girl, Lynn wrote four brand new songs for the film. And he's also co-producing. I mean, Boy named his son Sebastian after the crab in OG Little Mermaid. So you know these songs are going to be lit. But to be honest, I desperately feel like he needs a little work intervention. I'm over here trying to be bare minimum Monday while Miranda is... Singing the lead role in 2021's Vivo. Yup, he played the titular character and provided 11 songs for the film. Lynn, like, can you chill? You're making us all look bad. He is truly nonstop. And Vivo was the highest viewed film on Netflix during its release. Lin-Manuel, add some songs, sprinkle a little singing, and give yourself a huge hit. Wait, was that your Julia Child impersonation? I am trying. I am, I am traumatized. Trying. Our listeners <laughs> are traumatized. During our first Lynn episode, we talked all things in the Heights. And thanks for listening. And now listen to it again and share and rate five stars. Thank you. And please. Yes. Thank you. And please. But we didn't discuss in the Heights, the movie. So here's the tea coming up after the break. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. In 2008, Universal bought the rights to the show, and they said they planned to adapt it into a film for release in 2011. But they ended up shelving it because they only wanted to do the film with a, quote, bankable Latino star. So in their words, like J-Lo or Shakira. They could have called me. I would have done it. Okay, well, since they couldn't find your number, they canceled the project. (sighs) Rude. Fast forward to 2016, when Lynn's little founding father's project is everywhere and In the Heights is back on. Miranda would co-produce the film with Harvey Weinstein and John M. Chu was on board to direct. Yikes. Exactly. And as we all know, Harvey Weinstein turned out to be a disgusting (laughs) and a rapist. (laughs) Amen to that. Which means Harvey was removed from the film and the rights to the movie were auctioned off to Warner Brothers for a cool $50 million. Just one problem. Miranda had gotten a little too old to star in the film. He had originated the role of Usnavi, but he had a couple more gray hairs now and he decided that he shouldn't play the lead. And this is where I get the call. Actually, wrong. (laughs) Anthony Ramos got the call, who is so hot, by the way. Really? Um, But we're always up for the same roles anyway. No, you're you're not. You're (laughs) not. It's my birth year. (laughs) Okay, fine, 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 fine. Well, Miranda decided that he would be a better fit for a much smaller role. Piragüero, a.k.a. the Piragua guy. He said, I was very content to let Anthony and this incredible cast have their own experience. (sighs) My humble short king. I loved, uh, loved the movie. There was a lot of hate, but mm-hmm. I loved it. Did you see it? I did see it. I saw it like when it opened and I was super excited for it. And I was ready to like dance in the streets along with the cast. <laughs> but I was dancing by myself <laughs> because nobody liked it. Honestly, I'm glad we're here talking about that because I know that it was going to be huge. And then there was the backlash. And what did you think about the backlash? I think that for some reason, Latinos love to hate on other Latinos. It Mm -hmm. is so prevalent. It is so toxic. It is what holds us down. Mm -hmm. And we will always find something wrong. It is like how we were raised. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, the thing like, you know, when you walk into your house and your tia sees you for the first time in three months, she's like, ay, que flaquita. I was about to. mm -hmm. Okay. It's not a compliment. It's negative. Or you walk in and like, maybe you gained a few pounds and they're like, ay, mija, estás gordita. Mm -hmm. So like, no one's ever happy. Like Latinos, we cannot just be satisfied 
And here you have this movie that celebrates so many beautiful things about our culture. And, you know, people wanted to talk about how it was miscast. It was whitewashed. They don't like. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, tell us about the backlash. So people so people know the backlash. Well, I think they didn't appreciate how it looked. They thought if you've ever spent any time in Washington Heights, like that's not what the community looks like. Like Lynn is reflecting a more Hollywood version of Washington Heights in this film. And people were pissed. And I don't disagree that there could always be more diversity on screen and a more realistic representation. And using the excuse that oh, there's not enough actors that fit those roles. That's garbage. That's absolutely not true. So we should always be aspiring to create and see more diversity on screen. But I think that the net net of the film could have been so incredible for us as a community. And it wasn't because it got murdered in all the backlash. I mean, listen, it was also released during the pandemic, which is never good. It wasn't good for the movie business. It wasn't good for the industry. They'd already held it for so long. That really was a tough time. But I thought the movie was beautiful. And as somebody that loves this show on Broadway, has seen it on Broadway, like, and the fact that like Anthony Ramos got like this amazing role. I mean, he's a breakout star. Like I just... I supported this film because I support us. I support Latinos and everyone needed to get on board with that. And sadly, we all didn't. Yeah. Well, listen, I did. I'm still here for it. I just loved the movie so much more for even being able to paint that picture. I agree. Again, I think it is a celebration of one of our many Latino cultures. And as Latinos, we need to celebrate all of it because we as Latinos rarely get these moments in film where there is such a huge stage to stand on. Just y'all show up, like buy the tickets, be a hype man for the cultura. It is our job. That is the only way we're going to get like the Latino equivalent of like crazy rich Asians, which I think a lot of people thought this could be it. Like if we don't do this, we don't support our own. We're never going to get there. Okay. I'm getting off my soapbox. I'm going back to Lin-Manuel Miranda by now. (laughs) Loved it. Loved it. So In the Heights is in the can. It airs. It's not the hit that we all wanted it to be. But one thing we've learned throughout this entire process, whether it's his time on stage, his time behind the camera, or his time on screen, Lynn does not enjoy his time off. He doesn't take it. Clearly, before long, he was working on a new HBO show called His Dark Materials, based off of the classic fantasy trilogy written by Philip Pullman. You always find so many ways to surprise me, Joseph. (laughs) Oh, and you forgot to add, Lynn was also producing one of my favorite shows that's ever aired, Fosse Verdon for FX. (sighs) Hands, hips, hats, jazz hats. Oh, I love that. I love Fosse. Okay, so Lynn should have definitely called you in for this one. (laughs) The show followed the life of Broadway dancer, choreographer, and director Bob Fosse and his wife dancer, Gwen Verdon. Starring Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. It was so good. If you guys have not, please, please find it and go and watch it. Lynn loves being invested and involved in all his projects. So when In the Heights came back around, it was a bit of a surprise to everyone that not only did he not want the starring role, but he also didn't want to direct the film. Instead, he asked John M. Chu to step behind the camera and Lynn would shadow him. He knew that he still had a lot to learn. Humble, short, 
Ray. And I happen to know somebody who could take a little lesson in humbleness from Lynn. <laughs> Joseph. Ooh. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Lynn took time to learn from Chu and observe how a director runs a major movie set. And then he took those lessons and applied them to... Tick, Tick, Boom. Which is written by... The writer of Rent. Yes, Jonathan Larson. And y'all, this is a beautiful moment because now we've come full circle. Do you see all the parallels between Larson and Lynn? Go on. They're both composers, both chasing their dreams. Fact. Both under pressure from life's clock. Oh, girl, I hear that clock real loud. Don't we all? And (sighs) trust me, if you love Rent, you are going to love Tick, Tick, Boom. Andrew Garfield is magical in this. And it never got the airtime or the buzz that I hoped it would get. But for somebody that loves Broadway and loves musicals, you guys, this is like a love letter to those artists who create them. You've got to see this. Joseph, have you seen this? I actually was going to tell you I haven't. I am fascinated to want to see it because I'm coming to realize that maybe I love Lin-Manuel. I didn't realize there were so many things that I like about him. And now I'm like, oh, my God, all the stuff that I really like is like has a lot to do with Lin-Manuel. So now I want to see Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, well, I think that's what makes listening to a podcast so fun is that like you go into it being like, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of, for example, Lin-Manuel. And then you see all of these connective tissues between projects that you love, like Encanto, with projects that Mm -hmm. maybe you don't know a lot about, like Tick, Tick, Boom. And you're like, well... If he created Encanto, then his DNA is in Encanto, which means his DNA is in Tick, Tick, Boom. And just so I can give you guys like a little summary about Tick, Tick, Boom, because again, I don't feel like it got the press that it deserved. So it's basically based on this autobiographical one-man show by Jonathan Larson, who is the incredibly talented composer and writer of Rent, the musical. Hello. And he actually died right before the opening night of the show on Broadway. It's incredibly tragic. I know it's like literally made for a movie. And so I think what people saw in Lynn and Larson was just a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities. They're both young musical prodigies, obsessed with their work, passionate about their artistry. And wait, here's this. Did you know that on Miranda's 17th birthday, he actually saw Rent? And he says it was the first time that he saw that musicals didn't have to be about like cowboys in Oklahoma, like Austrians (laughs) escaping the Nazis or 1920 Chicago. He realized that musicals could actually be the stories of the kind of people that Miranda saw every day. And just a few years later, when he was in college, he began writing and creating his Tony Award winning show in the Heights. Wait, look, I'm going to tell you this. You know how I think Selena's spirit went into J-Lo? Did Larson go into Lynn? <gasps> I'm done. We're ending the podcast. Goodbye. Podcast is over. Thank you Thanks, so guys. much Thank for you listening for <laughs> on our next episode of Becoming an Icon. Through this journey, we've seen Lynn manuel Miranda go from young and scrappy and this like hungry Puerto Rican teen raised in Inwood to this global cultural phenomenon. And... Beyond the projects that he created or helped in producing and writing, he's become a voice for those desiring a shift, like a seismic shift in the industry. 
Well, you know, I'm going to tell you this. He still hasn't called me back, and I think I might cut him out of becoming an icon the musical. Oh, wait. Are we singing now? It's what the people want these days, Lils. <laughs> I don't know that they want a musical version of this podcast, <laughs> but you know what? We will put it out there. And if we are looking for a producer and a writer and a composer, Lynn, you're number one on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All we know is that Lynn's work is going to live forever. Yes, Hamilton will go on and on and on, but also Moana and Encanto will too. An entire generation of people will grow up listening to his music and be inspired by that. What could possibly be more iconic than that? Becoming an icon, the musical, starring <laughs> J-Lo, Bro, Shakira, Lynn, no, Ricky, much. Bad Bunny. Oh my God, it's are we much. taking it on tour? Are we going to a stage near you? Billionaires. Billionaires. Next on Becoming an Icon, another triple threat. Singer, actor, dancer, and a downright inspiration to all. He blew open the doors for every Latino artist out there now. Enrique Martin Morales. A.K.A. Ricky Martin. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.